Hey everyone, welcome back to All Things Elementary Podcast. I'm Tori Patterson. And I'm Lucy Martinez, and we're so glad you're here. We hope you're back. We actually don't know how many people who listen are related to us, <laughs> friends with us, or just complete strangers in the world. So, hi. Is, has my mom listened 66 times is my question. <laughs> my sister sent me a video on Instagram the other day of my mom listening to us, and her little faces were so cute. Oh. She loves hearing her name. So, there you go, mom. That's just for you. I love it. Give me her a little shout out. She's going to be so happy. She, she thinks there's a big audience. Maybe there is. I don't know. Yeah. Today, we're talking about parent conferences and what they look like now in this new world. Mm hmm. Um, so we're going to just talk a little bit about the purpose of them, um, especially for remote learners, what it looks like, what it looks like in the format, and then the information that we're either asking for or giving, depending on whether the kids are in person or remote. Mm -hmm. Yes. And right now we're doing online and in person. And so when we're conferencing, we have to have the mindset of, are we talking to a parent who's sending their child to school right now? Or is it a parent who's at home right now and have kiddos, you know, learning from home and how, how everything's going? We want to check in and see how we can help. Yeah. I think that's been the biggest thing I've noticed. Um, just speaking to the parents who are remote learning, like I don't have the data that I would normally have to give them. And I have been on my parent conference form that I use putting like approximate reading level on there because, you know, mm -hmm. there are so many distractions at home that even if you're trying to give like a DRA or just take a running record on any reader, you don't know what they're hearing in the background or seeing in the background that's distracting them. So just listening to those parents and asking, what are you seeing? What are you noticing? What are your child's most needy, not needy, but where do they need the most support from you mm -hmm. during the day? Yes. Cause I mean, we're doing the four live zooms a day and then they like on their own, they're going through seesaw, they're doing activities, but we want to know, are they doing it independently? How are they working? How can we help from school? Cause we did talk a tiny bit in episode five about how we started small groups and how that's going. And so, I mean, that's just really our only time with them. And we just want to know how the learning is running at home. Yeah. And one of the things I had a parent conference recently, and it was one of those kids who's just an overall strong student. Like you can just tell from the way they interact on Zoom and from what I see and Seesaw, they're a strong student. So I spent the conference asking for the information like, from what I see in Seesaw, they're a great writer. They have great spelling. They have great control of capitalization mm -hmm. and punctuation. And I just politely said, I don't know how much of that is y'all supporting or maybe that's her doing it independently. And so the parent actually gave me some really good information. They have, um, I guess, it sounds like a personal word wall from years past from mm -hmm. the older sibling. And when they were cleaning out during quarantine, they found it, pulled it out. So the younger sibling is using that word wall. Mm -hmm. And then as they're going through the week and they realize there's a need for a word, they're adding to it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a great idea. I told her, you're so lucky that you have that. And yeah, anybody can create that. But what are the chances of you finding it years later and actually using it for another sibling? I thought that was pretty smart. Yeah. And I think writing is a really big thing to talk to parents about because number one, are you 
giving them a prompt or are they just doing free writing and are they all by themselves or are you sitting with them or an older sibling sibling sitting with them you know talking through the process or you know that alternative of where a parent is writing and the student is copying you know as like that model writing so i mean having those conversations because i mean we see what we see on seesaw but how is that work being produced? Right. And uh, the opposite of that would be, you know, I have 10 kids in person right now. And one of those kids, great student, great writer. Um, but I know what I saw in Seesaw prior to coming back was so much neater. <laughs> and so I'm you. like really politely telling that student like, hey, remember when you were at home, this looked a lot nicer. <laughs> and just gently reminding them that, you know, we can write neatly. And especially if that's the expectation that our parents had at home, then we could follow that at school. And I was like, what an interesting like view on things. Or the amount being produced. Right. It's like you have been writing a couple pages at home and here we have one sentence. I'm (laughs) confused by that. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, those are all things to consider when you're going into a conference with the remote learners, you know, having the conversation about how much are parents helping with that, how independent are the kids being and what type of support are the parents offering and what we can offer the student. Yeah. And not in a negative way. Like we, at least I started the conferences with any remote learners. Like I just want to use this time to hear what's working at home, what's not working and how I can better support you period. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. That's the goal of the conference, even for in-person learners, but like it's more telling the parents here's how I'm going to better support your child. Mm -hmm. Um, But like on the flip side, so. And whenever, well, I've only had a couple conferences. I've had about five and it was pretty fun because when I was talking to one of my remote families, I was asking how everything was going and she explained how he set up his learning corner, which was really cute because he had his sight words up. He had his little cup with pencils, crayons, markers, and it was just like his own little space. And she said that made a world of difference because he made it his own and that's where he learned best. And I mean, I loved hearing about that. And now I kind of want to know what all my kids are doing. With I that, know. It's cute. That would be good to see. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird to be like, hey, can you go take a picture of your house for me? <laughs> like <laughs> That would be it. really cool to see. I like it when we did um, our one-on-one meet and greets with all of our kids in August. Was that August? I think it was mm-hmm. August. Seems like forever ago. Um, it was a good like chunk of time where we just talked to the kids and looked at all their stuffed animals they wanted to show us or listened to their stories. But it was also cute because I had a couple of kids just like take me around their room and Mm -hmm. show me like their big, huge beanbag chair or little Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, So that is nice to see like where they're learning, Mm -hmm. what they are seeing and maybe what they're lacking, if anything, so that we can support. I had a conference that was really good and I, I, it's just the little things that you don't think about. In the classroom, every month, um, I create a word bank. So, like, Mm -hmm. we're about to come to October. So, we'll create an October word bank of all the words that we think when we think about October. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of Halloween words, but other things, too, like pumpkins or just fall, Mm -hmm. autumn, whatnot. And I just hadn't thought about putting those in Canvas, which is our learning platform, as a resource. Because this Mm -hmm. one family I was speaking to was saying how spelling is difficult for this child. And it's hard because both the parents are working full time from home and it's, it's a, it's a 
juggle for them. And I was like, you know what? That's something I need to be better at. I need to make sure that if we're making an anchor chart at school when we're not during our live time, because as much as we try to fit everything in into those lives, those 20 minutes, they are just not enough time to do every single thing. Um, so I need to be better about finding a place in Canvas to put that, like we've done the digital word wall, but just a picture of the anchor chart. Mm -hmm. Usually mine have pictures next to it. So like if we do a witch, there'll be a little witch next to them mm -hmm. um, just to kind of help them. You can even just upload a video of you, you know, reading the words off of your anchor chart. Ooh, too. get fancy. So smart, Patterson. <laughs> Very smart. But I love that idea. I think that's a really fun idea because one, parents can direct their kids to it because it has all those words on there, but it's also bringing the classroom online to those kiddos who are remote right mm -hmm. now. And it just connects them to the classroom. And I think that's special. Yeah. And I think we need to do whatever we can to make that happen because like I've told Tori this, but if I were a child right now in what's currently happening, 100% my mom would have me being at home, being a remote learner. I know my mom, this is what it would be. And I would be that kid begging to go to school mm -hmm. and it would be completely out of my control. And so just making the kids at home feel as much of a part of the classroom as we can is just so essential. And that's just one little thing. I don't know if I'm going to go the video route, but a picture I could do for mm -hmm. sure. Um, just to kind of keep them in the loop. Yeah, I did see one super cute example of connecting those online learners to the class and I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking about it. Sounds fun. But they just did like an all about me poster. And whenever we did like our Zoom or the teacher did the Zoom morning meeting, the kid would present like their poster to the class. And then the parents would drop off the poster to school and you would hang it up in your room. Cute. I like and that. And so one, they get the option that where they're like, they're the star student, they're reading information, they're telling about themselves, but then it's coming into the classroom. And so even though they're not there physically, mm -hmm. the kids are seeing their pictures That's and they know so more about cute. it. I love that. So I think that would be a fun thing to start, you know, just, it, and it also gives them an activity throughout the week. Yeah. You know, create your poster, present it on Friday, and then on Monday, your poster will be in the room. Well, so this is not related to conferences, but since we're on this topic, <laughs> yeah. um, I have, oh, I love writer's workshop and the true format of it. You know, the mini lesson, the independent time with conferencing, and then share time. The share time is probably the best time of the day, mm -hmm. if you ask me. And it's so sad that it's lost for the at-home learners because at least in my classroom, when we share afterwards, the kids get to ask for feedback and they can pick two or three friends to give them feedback. And we talk about things that we liked about the writing or if we think they could change something, we say, I wish you had. Mm -hmm. And like right now, their biggest I wish is, I wish you had added more words. That's that's their polite way of saying maybe detail, maybe add some <laughs> details, right? Well. I was getting frustrated with not having that. And on Friday, it was the close of sports week. It was our first themed week. It was different, but it was fun. And we were ending with a craftivity for the week of your favorite sport. And then we had like sports balls with googly eyes. And we wanted to recreate that for kids at home. So what I did is I went rogue. <laughs> And Fridays in the classroom aren't usually heavy on instruction anyways. I'm sure most of you can relate. It's an assessment day. It's a fun Friday. Mm -hmm. It's a get your work done day. And I feel like maybe not all families realize that or mm -hmm. know that. 
And so what I did was we go live for math an hour before we go live for reading. And what I did is I told them, you know what, guys, we're not going to do math today. I showed them the seesaw activity and I showed them where the video was if they needed more of an explanation for it. And then I told them to grab their paper and their pencils and we were going to do a directed drawing. I'm sorry, not a directed drawing. They were going to watch me write. Mm -hmm. So I modeled writing about my favorite sport. And then I showed them where in Canvas they could find the videos to show them how to draw their favorite sports ball. Um, and then for those who sport maybe was swimming or something different, I had one whose favorite sport was cheer. We looked at how we could draw, you know, pom-poms or somebody swimming. Anyways, showed them an example of my finished craft and then said, I want you to work on this instead of your math right now. When you come back in an hour, if you want to share, I want you to share. So we shared and the kids at school, one person went and then they had to pick someone at home who wanted to share. That's fun. And then when we did feedback, you had to pick one person from home and one person from school to give you feedback so that we were including them. And that was the first time my at-home learners got to participate mm -hmm. in that. And I think I'm going to try to keep that up weekly. Yeah. That's because a good idea. it was cute. It was fun. You know, not every kid is into that, mm -hmm. but I think, I think it was a good way to end the week for us. And that might be a fun thing too. Um, Friday during our reading slash writing life group. Um, just having a, the kids at home choose one of their favorite writing pieces from that week and having them share. And I like how you did, you know, choose someone from home, but also choose someone in the classroom. And it's learning their names still because in first grade, oh, we're just continuing gosh. to yes. learn names. I so. had a parent actually tell me from a remote learner that they asked because the kid is very chatty normally, uh -huh. why that child isn't sharing more. And they said, because I don't know everyone's names still. Oh. And I, I hadn't thought about how hard it is over Zoom to learn names because I can read that teeny tiny print underneath yeah. their picture if they don't have emojis on there. Uh -huh. um, but I just, it's so hard to recreate the, all the things we would do with names yeah. on Zoom. That's very true. And I mean, the kids at home looking in on the classroom, you know, the kids are farther away. Mm -hmm. They're in masks. It makes it a little tricky. So it's like more of like a high meet and greet wave, share your name and then give them a compliment or something mm -hmm. about their writing. Because I mean, it is important that they're learning their names at home and in the classroom right. and incorporating all that. Yeah. Side note, my speakers went out on my computer on Friday. <laughs> the worst. I think one speaker was still going strong. And by strong, I mean I could barely hear it. And the other speaker was just like, I don't like 2020, so I'm going to take a break. <laughs> and I about lost it. I was like, oh, my God. What do I do? Because I can plug in my HDMI to share my screen for the kids to see the Zoom kids. But the sound will not go through no. those speakers for whatever reason. I know somebody said, click here, click there, and you'll be able to do it. I clicked. It didn't happen. So then when that speaker went out, I was like, oh, my God, my life is in shambles. I just need it to get to 3 o'clock. Um, <laughs> but we made it. Um, hopefully, right now, both speakers are working. Tomorrow is Monday, and it's going to be um, a gamble. Yeah. Um, also, this episode should just be called side note because <laughs> we're totally <laughs> off topic <laughs> okay but, we have to call it side note but also <laughs> okay so the technology person that works at our school and helps us with all this 
Oh my, I think he's going to start Edward. avoiding Edward. our hallway. Bless you, Edward. I will see him. I'm like, wait, 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 come here. I need help with something. <laughs> he saved my life the other day. I'm like, this guy probably is so annoyed with the first grade because we are All of them are right probably now. annoyed with all of us. I'm like, sorry, but I have another issue. <laughs> and I need your help. It's a year of issues and it's only, it's almost, almost October. Yes, almost. yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess we could go back to the topic, yes. right? Okay. okay, so we're talking about conferences. <laughs> we are doing all of our conferences over Zoom, mm -hmm. which I'm not going to lie, I really like. Mm -hmm. um, not in a negative way, you know, life happens, but how many times have you waited for a parent to show for a conference that they didn't show? Or maybe a parent shows up and you forgot and you're like, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just, you know, you know throw my life together. Shuffle all this around, yeah. I haven't had that issue with Zoom. Mm -mm. Everyone has either remembered or, I don't know, it's all worked out so far, knock on wood. Um, but I really like that not having to clean the classroom yes. to do a conference. Yeah, I'm like, don't trip over my rug. And there's like seven different crayons. Yeah. Don't trip and fall. Yeah. Now it's just all online. Yeah, so I do like that. And then I do use a simple parent conference form that I've used for several years. And I've gone ahead and still filled it out because it's good documentation for me. And then I have scanned it and forwarded it um, as a PDF to the parent like mm -hmm. a little bit before the meeting. That way they know, you know, that they don't feel like they need to take notes while we're talking. You know, they're going to have that information. Um so I've gotten good feedback on that. Mm -hmm. um, so I know we've talked about the dreaded map testing and oh, everything. Why are you saying those three-letter three word? Because map testing, one, I try to, I mean, I tell my parent, you know, of course, this is how it goes. But since this year, we actually did it like one-on-one -on -one for reading. I was able to also, you know, talk to parents about like, you know, I was noticing that they struggled with this or, you know, they did really, really well on this. And then MAP does offer a little chart and graph because parents, it does follow over from kindergarten. So I can show them, you know, their reading mm -hmm. skill in this area really went up high on this graph. So, you know, they're really working hard on that comprehension or whatever it is. And then, I mean, if they're plateauing, you can also talk about, you know, they're kind of staying a little stagnant so we can work on some of these different areas to really boost it. Map isn't my favorite I thing. I was going to say you're a good person because I'm like, mm. but since I did it one-on-one, -on -one, I yeah. know, you know, what I'm looking or what I saw and what worked and what didn't work. And then on some of the areas I could say, you know, I agree with this and how the scores look. And then other ways I can say, yeah, I don't really agree with this because I'm seeing something totally different when I'm meeting with them. That's my problem that I have with it. Some of the kids, when they're working through the reading portion, mm -hmm. at least, um, you can tell it's spot on, like yeah. they're readers and it's asking them to read and the text is not super difficult. Yeah. Or maybe it challenges them here and there, but the skills that are assessed and the level of which they're assessed at seems appropriate. And then there are those kids who get these questions and you're like, why is this question going to this child yeah. who's struggling so much with X, Y, and Z? And you're honestly sitting there as a teacher going, Oh my God, I hope this finishes soon. Like, yeah, this and is, these questions are just inappropriate for the kid because of their yeah, skill level. It's so and frustrating. Just, I mean, I, that's a hard part. I understand the value of the assessment. I personally like that it's nationally normed so we can compare kids to first graders mm -hmm. across the country and in the district. 
But I think for right now, especially, it's not um, it's not my favorite. No, I personally prefer like TPRI or Dibbles or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do along, like along those lines. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, we're off topic. Well, yeah. that was kind okay. of on topic. That was kind of on topic. We yeah. just like, what's the information that we're sharing with parents? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a lot. I know Tori brought up, you were talking about the learning platform. Yes. So I over also, since it's over Zoom, I can share my screen with the parents. And I just like to give them a friendly reminder of, you know, this is our Canvas page. Um, I don't know if you utilize it every single day, but I just want to show you again what resources are on here for you and your child. You know, here's our digital word wall. Here are the digital dice. You can also find the lesson plans for the week. Uh, over here on this link and then also extra resources you can print off for your child over here. And it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, giving the parents a reminder, giving them that tour again, because I mean, we're all going through crazy times and I don't expect them to remember every single thing that I'm sending them. So it's nice just to give them a reminder. Plus we have been updating Canvas. So it's just saying this is new to Canvas. This is something that's been here the whole time, but we've kind of revamped it uh, and just giving them you know, a little reminder. And I think that's been helpful too, because parents are like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. I think we're going to use that for math centers and we're going to use this during our Just writer's workshop. Where the resources are. Yes. It's such a, a big thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is my own pet peeve when it comes to parent conferences. I just feel like I taught first grade and second grade for a lot of years and you know, I was at another campus before this and we always used the same assessment no matter what, um, from like K1 or 1-2. And I was always surprised at how many parents didn't know exactly what the assessments were. Yeah. So my pet peeve is when I have a parent conference, I always explain the DRA is, and I tell them, you know, it's not like the star test. It's not a paper pencil test. They read a book. We take a running record. We record our observations and we look for comprehension mm-hmm. and fluency. Or like if I'm talking about something like TPRI or if I'm talking about fluency, like explaining what that is. And sometimes if I know the child has like older siblings, I'll tell those parents like, I know that you have older siblings. I'm going to go ahead and explain this stuff. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but I know it's easy to forget and we use a lot of acronyms. So I just always make sure that I explain any jargon Mm-hmm. Um, especially if parents have concerns, because I feel like those are the parents who hear the most jargon or if the kids are receiving services or anything else, like taking the time to go through what all of those little things mean mm-hmm. um, is like, I it, maybe that's why my conferences last a little bit longer. Yeah, but we're throwing so much information at them. It's nice to it's slow like, boom, down. Boom, boom, yeah. Boom. And I mean, <laughs> We do use different like shortened terms and things like that. So just take that time to explain everything that's going on and what we're presenting to them. Yeah. And that just helps the parents. Otherwise, they're like, I'm, I have no idea what this yeah. means or anything like that. Oh, and taking that time to explain why we send a reader home and mm-hmm. why they don't get a new reader every day, you know, because we reread familiar texts to build automaticity. Um, I think that's something that a lot of Well, just not parents, but like it takes people time to understand that. Yeah. And with, you know, this being a different year, uh, before having those conferences, really get to know what 
the procedure is for, you know, the different services at your school, whether it's GT, speech, SPED, anything like that, because if parents are asking questions about that, just have the information available for them. Yeah. Or know who the go-to person is. If you're new and you don't have all the answers, you know, you can be like, oh, you can reach out to Mm -hmm. this person and here's their email. Yeah. I mean, especially new teachers do not always know how and Mm -hmm. what the procedure is for getting kids either qualified or what those services look like now that some people are remote. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had a parent ask um, one time about, you know, testing for their child because they were concerned in the year prior. And I was like, oh, well, you know, you can always ask. This was when I was a younger teacher and I had learned that parents always have a right to ask for formal assessment. Mm-hmm. And um, the parent had no idea. And I was like, oh, I guess this is something that a lot of people don't know, yeah. like what your rights are as a parent. So I'll tell any parent this. I don't care if it's a strong kid or a struggling kid. But like, you're right as a parent. Anytime you have a concern, always come to the teacher for sure. We'll always talk to you about what kind of interventions we're doing in the classroom or if they're receiving more services in the school, like tiered services. But I'll tell them straight up, it's your right as a parent to request formal testing. Yeah. Or it's your right as a parent to request an ARD. Like, I know they receive those rights, but that thing is a huge packet. Like, they don't go through that. I wouldn't go through that. No, it's too much. So just always letting them know what their rights are. And I especially do that at the beginning of the year when I don't know kids well enough, because if I have a parent who has a concern academically, but I've only known the kid for three weeks, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like, oh, I don't see any problems. I always preface it as I'm not seeing that right now. You know your child best. You've known your child longer than me. Mm -hmm. I want to wait to see more data, but these are your rights. I will never get in the way of that. Yeah. And if you are a brand new teacher or if you're just a new teacher at a new school slash district, take time to sit down with either your mentor teacher or Mm -hmm. um, admin and make like yourself a little cheat sheet or spreadsheet. Um, You know, if this is the GT teacher, her name and her contact information Mm -hmm. and just little notes on how that testing system works and same for speech and SPED, just so that when you are having conferences or if you just need it to look back on. It's all in one spot and you have a go-to with all the information. Yeah. Actually, that's a good idea for everybody. Yeah. Not just, just new teachers. <laughs> life in general needs little cheat sheets to get us through the week. I feel like I need a lot of cheat sheets I need a right life now. cheat sheet. <laughs> oh, one more thing. Oh my God. Did you say life cheat yes, sheet? You need a life one. You're actually pretty good at life, but oh. you know what? I might need a, like a life password. <laughs> Oh, my God, we we couldn't remember the password to log in to record the episode. And we were like, oh, my God, how is it that we don't we don't know the password for this? We have like docs with all this information on plans for episodes. And yet, you know, because we live in luxury where it saves the password. And if you ever Mm -hmm. log in somewhere new, Mm -hmm. that's my problem with Classlink. They need to learn that life skill. Otherwise, you lose it. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yep. Um, Wait, last thing before we stop talking about conferences. Didn't say it, probably should have. I always start with the end of your goal. Yes, always. So like, here's our end of your goal for reading. Here's what it looks like. This is what we learn in math. Here's the expectations for mastery. Mm-hmm. And then like for kids who are struggling, like what is like, you, 
I always say it's not impossible for them to meet this end of your goal. But mm. if I'm looking for another goal along the way, that would be a really good benchmark. I always tell them that too. Like everybody learns at a different pace. Yes. So if they don't meet this goal, that's fine. We're just looking for progress. And yeah. that goes for us too, teachers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a tough year for, for meeting all these educational goals. Yeah. So um, progress. I don't know about you, but every day gets a little better for me. I'm not saying that means I'm happy. Again, if you can turn on your computer and your speakers work, progress. Oh, my gosh. Life is good. Yikes. But um, just a reminder, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear how it's going. Please. So if you go to our Instagram, All Things Elementary Podcast, in the bio, there's a link where you can fill out a super quick, easy form, and you can share your teacher tips, tricks, um, and just – any tales that you have from the classroom. Or epic fails. If you have any really good remote learning fails, yeah, funny ones. that would be really awesome. Um, if you don't want to deal with that, you just want to email us. Um, it's allthingselementarypodcast at gmail.com. Um, hit us up. We want to hear from you. We also have a Twitter at elementary underscore all. And then um, we have a Facebook page too for All Things Elementary Podcasts. Yes. But we want to hear from you. And you know what? I really want to know if some of you are real. Yeah. So if you want to take a selfie while you're listening to us and tag us at All Things Elementary Podcast on Instagram, that would really make my, I don't know, year? Oh, my gosh. It makes me so happy. <laughs> because yeah. I feel like if um, if everyone goes out and does it, about 60% of you, if not 80%, are related to one of us. So it would be great to see strangers. Oh, I would love that <laughs> so much. And if you do enjoy listening, just hit subscribe on Ooh. whatever platform you're using, and it will alert you of all of our new episodes. Oh, and a review. A review wouldn't be bad either. Yeah. yeah. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Bye.